0: Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in and prepare to expand. Leslie Logan is a Pilates teacher, a breathwork facilitator, a habits and mindset coach. And she is the founder of online The first free online catalog of Pilates exercise tutorials, where you can also find weekly Pilates classes and workshops. She's been teaching Pilates since 2008. She's run multiple studios, has trained hundreds of people to become teachers themselves, and has taught thousands of students along her journey. When she is not teaching from her studio in Las Vegas, she's hosting her podcast, Be It Till You See It, or she's traveling the world leading Pilates retreats. I'm so excited to have this conversation with Leslie today because if you didn't know this, I taught Pilates for about 14 years. So, this conversation, I feel like we're gonna go deep on Pilates and I'm really excited to share it with you. Hello, hello, Super Expanders. Welcome back. Uh, I'm excited for today's conversation because, well, I mean, you're gonna find out. We have so many things in common, so many overlaps, so many synergies, and I, and you know, it doesn't really ever stop. Amazing me how small this this world is that that we live in. So I'm so excited to share with you, Leslie Logan.
1: Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for having me here. It's kind of crazy how many times our paths should have crossed, and this is the first time they are officially. Yes, it's,
0: <laughs> this is this is the truth. <laughs> so so crazy. So. A little bit of uh, I'll give a little bit of context because I'd love to give context to everyone who is listening and why we're saying that. So, Masterminds have been a huge part of my world, which you know you meet a lot of really cool people, make a lot of great friends, and somehow you're kind of like in the same bubble, but not quite the same bubble, or it was like a bubble inside of a bubble. So it was really weird that we actually haven't had like a meeting, a conversation, an in person. I don't know something.
1: I love it—a bubble instead of a bubble. It, it kind of is, and um, and honestly, like only around that time that masterminds become part of my life. So it's you know it could have so easily not happened, uh, <laughs> and then I don't even know where I would be because it's that everything that has happened to me since 2019 and, and doing masterminds and meeting amazing people—I I, I don't I think I could have done it without those things. So um, so I love it, and I I hope we get to actually meet in person one day. That would be so oh. much more, more fun.
0: I'm sure that now that we are definitely going to you know, do you know it's like once something's in your realm then you can't stop seeing it, so all of a sudden now you're like, Man, wow, I've got you to get you out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're like, I had I had dodged a bullet since twenty nineteen and now now I can't get rid of her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I promise I'll laugh wherever we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're just gonna go
0: straight to the deep stuff. Go tell me who is Leslie Deep Down on soul
1: level. Oh my gosh. I'm a hello everyone. I'm a recovering perfectionist and overachiever. Like that to the core. So <laughs> everything that I did uh that I do when I've done um prior to 2013 had so much like perfection, everything would be perfect. And I, there was a lot of tears and sleepless nights and, um, and so much imposter syndrome because of that. And then, um, I actually became homeless for the third time in 2013. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I really got to see how resilient I was. I got to see how many relationships I'd built. I couch surfed all over the Los Angeles County, trying on different neighborhoods. And then I totaled my car. So then I didn't have a car. (laughs) And then the studio that I rented space from that like was where I made majority of my income closed. And so I found myself sitting at a Whole Foods, eating an overpriced salad, uh, trying to figure out what was going to do with my life. And I got a phone call. Uh, from Los Angeles Magazine saying, congratulations to one best Pilates instructor of LA. We're gonna put you in the magazine in August in our best of the best issue. And I was like, that's amazing. Wow, thank you so much. I didn't even know I was in the running. And I hung up with them and I was like, I don't even know who I share this information with. I Don't even really know what I'm doing next. I don't even, and so it was this important part of my time where I had to like realize, like, what got me here is not going to get me where I'm going to go, and I have got to figure out a different way of doing stuff. And so that was really the start of me putting things out there that were just done versus perfect. And that has just led me to this whole life where like I really try to help people be okay with whatever amount they can do is the is, is great and it's good enough for today. And uh, so that's that's who I am. I'm a wife uh, to an amazing husband, and th- and we work together. So that's a very interesting thing, y'all. Not we all don't say everyone should work with their husband, but we do. And I got three dogs, and they're you might hear them in the background. But that's that's who I am. Uh-huh, I love
0: that. So I have to ask because I always find it really interesting as people start talking about who they are. Deep down, there's always a a big thread of connection to what you do. So you're talking about perfectionism. Um, and because and I can ask this on this kind of level because I taught Pilates for many, many years. So you are a Pilates expert. You just won back Pilates instructor back. With, this was 2013. I guess this, but still. And I know that that's like a big piece of what you do now. Just, you know, Pilates business, helping people grow Pilates businesses, all of it. Pilates is like perfectionism
1: and moving form. <laughs> oh, it has that uh, mentality and reputation. And you know, it's so funny. Um, is that the person who I ended up training with straight around 2014, 2015, he actually studied with Joseph Pilates. And what I found through him is that there is not anything about being perfect. It's not actually about looking a certain way. It's actually all about the connection and doing that like and then coming back tomorrow because I would watch him teach and I was like over I was with my teacher to have his perfect teaser and like showing off and I would look over at him with his client and his client was like hunched shoulders like bent knees like doing this thing and I'm like why isn't he like why is he not teaching him like why isn't he getting them to have straighter legs like and I, I've had so much judgment around it it's like this guy is supposed to be who he is and like I I don't see that in his client. And a year later, because I came every single week, at the same time a year later, his client had straight legs, chest was open, looked really strong. And I was like, he's not even stressed out. The client's having a great time. I'm the one over here with stomach issues because I'm so stressed out trying to be perfect in this practice. And so that's when I realized like, you know, maybe it's because the dance world brought it to what it is maybe. And I wasn't a dancer. So I don't really know how that mentality is, but if he, this guy who said with Joe Supplies, isn't over here making sure every single movement is perfect, then I got it wrong, and I can have a lot more fun. And I think that's what it has made me the teacher I am today. I know that's one has made me the teacher I am today, and what people are so drawn about that we actually talk about perfect is boring, and um, and any finishing is optional, <laughs> and also like it's okay to replace an exercise you can't do yet, and the word yet is so important, and so. Um, it definitely blows people's mind when I'm like, it's a practice, not a perfect, and it shouldn't blow people's mind. The place world. that should just be taught, but, um, it's not. And hopefully I can change that. But yes, when you were a teacher and even back up until even some people are still being taught this today, that it has to be perfect. And the reality is, is that like, you can look like you're doing Pilates and not be doing it. So it's all about the connection.
0: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So, I I still teach Pilates every once in a while. I still have some hold on with clients because I've been teaching for for so long. But I when I was in the like full bloom of my career, I used to always say because people would come, and I was maybe not their first instructor, and they had come from somebody who was like a very classical background. I was like, so I have to tell you, I might not be the instructor for you. Like maybe take a session with me. But if you're exhaling when you should be inhaling, I'm probably not going to correct you. Um, I might tell you once, but I'm not going to tell you twice, okay? Because you're just going to find your rhythm. And unless I think you're going to hurt yourself, I'm probably also not going to correct you. Because it used to be like the vein of my existence when I would take a friend from someone and, and they would be like, your left rib needs to be one inch down and back. And I'm like, <laughs> what
1: are you even talking about? He yeah, no. You know, I mean, and and Joe Supplies didn't do that because he first of all he didn't speak a lot. He did his English wasn't his first language and so he didn't talk a lot cuz he didn't want people to know. He also told a lot of interesting stories about who he wasn't and who he was. <laughs> but like so so it's interesting that that's become like what even classical or even Plyce is, is about and one thing I cuz I teach a lot of teachers now about talking less to teach more. And I literally make them not speak. I'm like, you're not allowed to talk. Just like sit there and like, just sit there and like watch the body because the body's going to teach itself. And if you said, like you just mentioned, like I might tell you one time, but I'm not going to tell you twice. The reality is it's not that people didn't hear you. It's that they can't do what you asked or they didn't understand what you asked. So repeating yourself, it's like, t- if someone speaks Spanish and I'm speaking English to them, talking louder and repeating myself over and over again is not going to somehow get them to understand it. The same, with works with the body. If I give you a correction and you can't do it, It's my job to figure out what exercise will teach your body the the connection I want you to have, and we have our whole lifetimes to do that. So why not have fun with that? And so um, I I I think we would have I think we would kids kids in it spirit kindred spirits in Pilates world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So what what drew you to Pilates and and brought you on this journey? And I guess that's kind of where I was asking the idea of perfectionism. Is that kind of what drew you?
1: in initially. So I, um, when I was first invited to a Pilates class, I actually made fun of it. The girl who was invited me, she said, you should come to Pilates. And I said, that's an infomercial workout. It can't do what it says it's going to do. It's to like BS. I'm not going to go. But at the time, I actually didn't really have a lot of friends where I was. I didn't feel like I belonged where I grew up. So I went to college in Southern California. And then I just graduated college and all of my friends got married. It was a Christian university. So they either got married or they moved back home. So here I was like in a city that I wasn't new, but I didn't actually have any close friends. So I was trying to build relationships. And I was like, you know, what's it going to hurt if I just go to one class and I get to hang out with her? And then maybe, maybe we can see if we're going to be friends, right? You have to go on date. So, uh, so I went to the class and in the first few minutes, I felt parts of my body I never felt before. And then when I left, I had it felt like the world had been lifted off my shoulders. I had such a high, and I felt so good inside my own body. And I, I couldn't articulate it then, but I told like every single person I talked to that day about and how amazing it was. I, but I can tell you now, looking back, like I think I just finally was inside my own skin. I was like inside my own body, and I belonged into myself. And and what I tell people all the time is like when you can connect to yourself first, and you can connect more to others. And so that's what drew me in was just like that feeling of like, this feels good. And so I kept going. I didn't know dancers did it. I didn't know this classical contemporary. I didn't know that even a dude created it. Like I knew nothing. And I would just go every single day. And when I moved to LA, um, from Orange County, LA, and I couldn't find a teacher that wasn't an actress and no offense to the teachers or actors, but like, they were not there. They were like getting ready for auditions. Like it was just another job. And I really loved the teachers I had in Orange County because it was like their career. And so I met this woman, and she said, "You should become a applied instructor." And I was like, "Okay, um, I have like eighty thousand dollars in student loan debt. And how much does this cost? Like, <laughs> doing?" And uh, so that's what drew me was just like this kind of wanted to pay for my expensive hobby. <laughs>
0: Uh-huh. I feel that. I get that. That's funny. So I, it's, I'm thinking about my first Pilates class as you're talking about that. I'm thinking about when I went in, I actually, I was like, I hated my job. At the time, I hated it. It was making me cry pretty much on a daily basis. I went in and took a class and realized that I was a gym rat at the time. It was like, holy crap. This basically, I feel like in one hour, did all the work that I do over the course of a week, right? And at this point, I think I was spending sometimes two and three hours in the gym when there was this efficiency aspect. And I think I went back like two days later and then I went back again and I became completely obsessed. And then I would be sitting there on the reformer and I was like, wait, there are ten people in this room on these reformers and they all paid forty five dollars for them to be here. Okay. So I started doing it it's like math. And I was like, I should totally be able to probably as a instructor. But no one really tells you also that that you're not going to like as I'm making this you know, doing this math in my head, I, I didn't realize I was only gonna make like fifty bucks an hour as as a teacher.
1: If you're the employee, yes, because those reformers are like four to five thousand dollars. Some of them are like seven thousand dollars. So you times that by ten. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know. Yeah, when I opened my studio in twenty eighteen, I only bought one of everything. I already had two things and it's still costing me forty thousand dollars. Like
0: <laughs> Yes, they are very expensive. A so everyone listening, if you're a consumer of Pilates now, you really understand. Um, and being if you're thinking about becoming an instructor, you have to become an owner, which is what I realized very quickly. I was like, all right, this instructor thing has got a shift. I have to have a studio or something. And so very quickly, within like six months, I, I opened my own studio. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, like, if you're listening to this, like, so I, as a renter, before I opened my own studio, as a renter and I was making over six figures renting the space. Um, so it is possible to make money. You just have to actually be really clear on like, what's the risk you want to take? Yeah. Like What's the, how much, how much do you want to put into building your business? If you want to like turnkey, show up, teach and leave be an employee, you're not going to make as much money, but you'll have zero stress. You just have to show up, (laughs) just be yourself, be your personality, get into a nice high end fitness boutique or high end fitness gym. And you're good. You can get health insurance, vacation time, all that stuff. But if you are wanting to make more and you're wanting to have a little bit more luxury on your schedule, then being a renter, a true renter, not one of those renters, but actually an employee, but like a true renter, like you build your own business, you bring your own clients, you just pay for rent. Um, you can make great money and run your own schedule. Um, mm-hmm. And then as an owner, If you are smart about it and you hire people whose strengths are your weaknesses, you can also work your own schedule and make all the money. But I think a lot of owners end up working more in their business than on it. But that's another thing. (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh.
0: I'm sure we could jam out on all this for for so long. The the business side, the perfectionism side of Pilates, (laughs) all the deep, dark side of
1: Pilates. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, yeah. And then, you know, hopefully people like you and me and other people We'll start changing that because I think it's also as as clients are more willing to be be looking for how fitness can make their life better versus what they look like, because that's really what's going on in the world. The consumers the clients are are not exactly like they're still the ones who are like I want to lose weight by in two weeks. But majority of people are looking for something that just makes them feel good. And so I think the more that the consumers drive that, the the teachers are going to have to switch this perfectionism thing because that's not going to resonate with the client coming in. They don't, they don't know what a perfect anything is on the exercise level. They just want to feel good.
0: Yeah. I just want to move their, move their body. Um, yeah. So you had a mic drop moment just a little bit back and I, I wrote it down because I, I was like, I need to come back to that. So you said when you connect to yourself, it helps you connect to others and i didn't say it as eloquently as you did but i was like you know isn't that the truth and i was just really thinking about how being someone who facilitates this work for others like what a big impact what a ripple effect you're making in the world Mm,
1: thank you you know I couldn't tell you that. that's what I was doing before. <laughs> it definitely took a couple rock bottom, like burnout days and crying days to figure, out like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And, you know, everything happens for us. And I, and I said I started. I didn't really feel like I belonged where I grew up. I just wasn't connected. I didn't know who I was. I was always trying to like fit in. So of course I wasn't connected to myself. I was an athlete, but like I wasn't actually like. See, I didn't really know what my purpose was and who I was. And, and I just knew I wanted to get out of there. And so I think it that the more I realized that when I connect to myself, I could connect to others. That's when my friendships got deeper, my relationship got deeper. It's you mentioned like quitting your corporate job. I was in a high-end retail business and I wasn't happy in my life, but I couldn't really put a finger on it because like I made great money. I had a really cool job. I lived in a really cool city. And it wasn't until like the more I started doing Pilates, the more I realized, well, I'm not happy in this town. How would I know that? That's because I was connecting to myself. And then that led me getting transferred. And then I was like, well, I'm not actually happy in this job, <laughs> but like that allowed me to just, once I knew myself better, then I could actually relate to people and have deeper and better relationships. And it it's, it's what led me to leaving the person that I was with and also led me to the person I'm with now. And so I can, I speak all of that from like a place of experience. And so then as I teach people, my whole thing is like, we're not here. Like if you came to the full hundred, who cares? I need you to actually pay attention. You're talking to yourself. As I tell you to do this, are you being nice to yourself? Are you being mean to yourself? Are you yelling at me across the screen? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Because that's how your whole day is going. How you are on your mat with me is how you do everything. If you are seeing possibility, you're seeing possibility in all obstacles. But if you're seeing everything you can't do, it's going to be a long, hard day. <laughs> mm. And so, you know, that's kind of like, that's just been my thing. And, and I love that you, thank you for saying it's a ripple effect. I hope it is because like, otherwise, what are we all doing here?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's a total ripple effect. I, first of all, I think that people really underestimate like what moving your body really is about. So the person coming to a Pilates instructor or a personal trainer or a soul cycle instructor, whatever it happens to be. They think they're coming because they want to lose five pounds. They want more energy. They want to look cuter in their jeans. They want a bubble butt, whatever it happens to be, whatever their aesthetic things are. And they have no idea that the movement has nothing to do with any of those things. And I guess it's great that that's the thing that gets you there. But I I think it's not a, a shock that you find so many people who are fitness instructors that are obsessed with personal development and move on to be, you know, coaches and other contacts because of what happens to you when you move your body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is kind of crazy when you look at all the people who are now in like the top of the self-development world, if you look back, they probably were in fitness at some point. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Absolutely. It, you know, I think like We, you, we, you said we underestimate the power of moving our bodies and trauma, things that like stress, things that happen to you, they leave your body through movement. You don't like, they don't like, you don't just journal them out. Yes. (laughs) Like you can write those things down, but like that stuff leaves. There's a reason why running can feel so good or punching a bag can feel so good. Like it's okay to feel those feelings and then like you move it out and then you know, you all see the benefits of like having stronger muscles, having stronger bones, sitting up taller.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So I think it's so powerful that you are a teacher of teachers too, because I feel like, and I'm not sure if you had mentors like this when you're at the early parts of your career, because I didn't, I mean, everything was all about this is how, you know, is the knee over the <laughs> ankle or, you know, over, but like not going over the toes, which is a fallacy anyways, but like all of the different things about like alignment and things, I and mean, no one was talking about the emotionality that comes up in a in a in a person that you're training. No one is talking about the impact that you're having on their life and how you're literally changing the trajectory of how they relate to themselves, which means how they relate to the world and to not necessarily part not one of these little picky things because it's it's really not that important.
1: Yeah, um, I so. My first teacher trainer in Pilates was not someone who, like, really instilled in me kindness or anything that would be not, but anything but perfect and had to be like this way. And that just didn't really resonate with me. I'm not a rebel. Remember, I'm a perfectionist and overachiever but like, I could never meet her bar. And that was like red flag. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even in my perfectionist world, there's like a way to get there. Like there's a, you check all the boxes. And I could check them and still never meet the thing. So I saw out another, uh, I saw out these two women, their sisters and they had, even though they're from the dance world, they had such a learner's eye in the way that they taught. And they taught me to ask more questions rather than Judgments, meaning corrections and cues. So instead of like giving corrections and cues, like watch what the body is and just ask more questions. Like, where are you feeling this? What's going on? And so it's not that it's a therapy session, but like le- sometimes just the person's having a stressful traffic drive caused all this tension, which is why they can't connect. Right. So, so they really gave me a lot of perspective on that. And I actually had a somatic therapist for myself. Um, and she taught me a bunch of stuff for me. But then I could ask questions about my clients, which was awesome. So <laughs> It was like having a mentor therapy session. And so this is where it's like your life is just everything is setting you up for the next thing. And the more curious you are, the better off you're going to land where you're supposed to. And and so that really led me to end up being my mentors was was Jay Grimes and then his partner um, in the business, Sandy Shimoda. And they were the ones who were like, it's not about perfection. It's all about connection and stop trying to talk lies into a body. And that changed my whole world changed my whole life it was like exactly like made sense to me. It's like, this is what I've been trying to figure out. But everyone around me is being perfect. And so, so once I had them in my back pocket, then I could seek out mentors in other areas. But it did take me a journey about six, seven years to find people who could let me realize like, my client is going to be okay it's like ugly is fine, dangerous never, right? So like, <laughs> it's okay if it's ugly. It's better that it's not dangerous. And so then my clients could actually have these breakthrough moments. And you know, it's 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 not about it's not even about me. Like my therapist, this is a great question anyone can ask someone. You're whether you're in a movement session with someone or you're just at lunch and someone breaks out in tears. It's like, oh, how long you've been feeling this way. Not like it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't Uh, like that because a lot of us want to move. Like we just—it's uncomfortable. Someone cries in a session, or you know, you know, like we don't know how to deal with that, and so we want to fix it. And it's just like, how long you've been feeling this way? So it lets them feel seen. It lets them come back to reality and like acknowledge it. And then the next thing, because it's out of my scope to be a therapist, is like you know, I if if you don't have anyone to talk to about this, I have some referrals. Um, because this clearly is something that is, has been weighing on you and we don't need to take it with us. We don't have to keep a bottle up inside. You can actually let it go. And so that, and then I would keep them moving. And sometimes it would, they didn't even need to go on to therapy after like They released it. And other times they would come back and thank me for it. And then we would get to move on to other things. So I think it's just being comfortable in that uncomfortableness of what's going on with them and just letting them feel seen. And that that took some of my own personal experience, and then some some support and mentorships along the way.
0: Ah, such good. That's a how long have you been doing this thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. that feels good too when you hear something that you're. Like, oh, whoa, hold on, and a lot of pause because I think sometimes people don't even know. They're like, wait, hold on, actually, a really long time. Yeah, and, and it like it brings a tremendous amount of awareness if that just that question in and of itself. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, another mic drop moment. Yes. <laughs> number two, number two. She's sharing the goal here. <laughs> okay, so along the way, you're, you've you know, you have a Pilates business, you have clients that you serve, plus you, you coach coaches, mm-hmm. teaching them how to create more income, deeper yeah. connections with their clients, build these businesses across the world that are having a big impact. So along the way, you had to have had a super expander or a two that kind of showed you that this A, that your dream was possible, that you didn't have to go back and work or take a corporate job or a job you hated, that you could turn your passion, your love, your talents into something big. So yeah. let talk about that. Tell me a super expander story. I have a question for you. Have you joined the super expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. your questions.
1: Yeah. So, um, the first person to suggest I become a wise instructor, thanks for them. That was amazing. But I think what really set me on a bigger path because it was a person that made me aware of what I was doing. Cause I, every person listening to this, you all have superpowers and strengths that you're, they come so naturally to you. You might not even realize that it is one. And you just think that everyone's doing it this way. So here I was I've been working for this company. I had my own private studio that I was renting space at. And then I was working for a high-end fitness club because I still wanted to learn from someone. And this woman who ran that studio was really famous in the community. And I was like, I could work for her and kind of like watch her <laughs> so I can still learn, right? So, um, so I was there and they would give people a free session, their first session free. And then my job was to sell them a package. And here I was three months in and every single person that had taken a free session for me bought a package all of them I had a hundred percent conversion rate like unheard of no like unheard of right no personal trainer no one was doing this and so I get a phone call um and it's from my boss and she said hey um you have a hundred percent conversion rate how are you doing that?" and at first I kind of thought I was in trouble because I was like you know perfectionist and overachiever at the time, <laughs> not in recovery. I'm like, it's not what i was supposed to do. I'm, I don't understand the question. She goes, no one has that. The entire company's goal is 30%. Our studio's average is 15 and you're at a hundred. So like, well, how are you doing that? And I said, um, I just thought that was my job. So can I have a bit of time to think about that? And it was in that question that i like i went back to the studios and i looked when people had a first time session i would just watch what they would do and then i would reflect on what i did and that was the best gift whether or not i went on to teach what i ended up doing it allowed me to see what my process was so that i could repeat it and then i was able to teach workshops and so here i was a brand new we're talking like less than 6 month instructor and i was being hired by studios to teach their teachers how to convert first time clients, because here's the deal, everyone, if you listen to this, and you're like, I don't know what these ladies are talking about. Um, Thank you for still listening. But also Mm -hmm. like Pilates is not something you get on the first try. Some of us are like, I'm in the first one. This is the craziest thing. it. other people are like, what am I doing? Why are my arms flapping around? Like, what does this person mean? Try a different teacher. That's (laughs) keep going. But like, um, so I so I ended up doing that and I was being hired and meeting some of the most famous instructors in the industry because they're like, come to my studio, come to my studio. And that, that question is what led me to travel the world, teaching Pilates and teaching teachers. And then, and then people started to notice that I actually can teach Pilates as well, not just business stuff. So that ended up putting me on platforms, um, and, I mean, it's crazy. I used to before the pandemic. I was traveling 150,000 miles a year teaching people Pilates. So that person, that woman, that question was super expander in my life. Oh my goodness! Wow, I love that. I love that. What a
0: one question really can change. Well, you had two questions that change the, the tra- trajectory of your life, right? Yeah. Why don't you become an instructor? And then wait, what's what's your process? How do you do that? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, so really, she's telling you that that it's asked like get get asked better questions. How do you get people
1: to ask no, pay atten- no, no, pay attention, pay attention, to, pay the attention
0: to the questions that you're asking. I was processing mm-hmm. there in real time. Oh, yeah, yeah, pay attention no. to the questions that you're getting from people, and I think that's it's funny too because I think we're we all tend to not necessarily be aware of certain of those kinds of things. Like when you're talking about your superpower, it's, people oftentimes are like, "I don't have a superpower," right? But it's because you take it for granted. Like your superpower is your superpower, so it's just like this mundane thing to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, I so and this is for whatever your business is. Whatever people are asking you, they think you're an expert in it. So when I teach teachers about their business, I'm like, "What? Pay attention to what people are asking you. Are you being asked this all the question all the time? What do I wear? Then write a blog about it. Do a post, about it. Like like you'd be surprised those simpler questions are the things that people are asking. They're not asking these deep questions. Like what does my big toe do to my posture? They don't care about these things. They care about something else. And so if you're being asked that, I mean, the other side of back in the day, if I hadn't been being asked about Pilates and I was being asked about dating, I could have gone as a dating coach, but I, I don't think I would have enjoyed that job as much. So I, so it's like but pay attention to those questions and they'll lead you down those way. And they also, it lets you get curious about yourself. And I think it's so easy for us to just like put one foot in front of the other one foot, and not actually take a step back and go, why did I do it like that? Where did that come from? Like what's going on there? And you can be the blueprint for a lot of things in your life that people are looking for. And you do it really well.
0: She just gave you a massive business lesson right there in the most succinct fashion. She just saved you thousands upon thousands of dollars. Um, so you might want to listen to that again.
1: Oh my God. We'll take we'll take a little commission for that.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I paid thousands and thousands of dollars for that information back in the day when and 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 not only i thought i did it multiple times people said the exact same thing to me and it did not go in to my head it was like bounced right off of me well
1: because it sounds too simple so just pay attention to the question being asked and then the, like, the people just ask me about how i cook my turkey great write a book about how to cook a turkey i just listened to a podcast today that was all about the stress that people go through around Thanksgiving, around a Turkey, you could become the expert. Like it's so, I used to hear people say things and I was like, no way. It is actually true. Like if you go all in on something, I mean, like, of course I wanted to be a Pilates instructor and that was it. I still taught Pilates, but I was being asked more questions about how do I make money? How to become a Pilates instructor? How do I make sure that my, like I can pay my team? How could I make profit in this world that I went, I went that direction. And that, literally was one of the best things I could have ever have done. And if someone hadn't asked me that question, I would be a great instructor. I'd probably make really good money, but I kept it all to myself. And, you know, my mission is that more bodies do Pilates and not everyone will like me as a teacher. I'm not a taco. That's what I like to say. I'm not a taco. Not everyone will like me. So if I can help other teachers get clients, then that means more bodies are doing Pilates.
0: Yes. And then also, what I also love all about all those things, I get impact more people are doing it more people are having it as a career. So people, more people are making money in their passion. And it also highlights that there is so much to go around. There's like a piece of the pie for everyone. And there's also, but as I say, there's a, a, a lid for every pot. So you don't have to be the instructor for everyone. You don't have to be the, the business owner, the teacher, the coach, whatever, whatever you are. Um, do it your way because that's the magic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And how nice just to be the the pot for the perfect lid. Like you don't have to, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to like keep trying to change yourself. And that I think goes back to people who are a little bit perfectionist. So like, okay, well, maybe if I'm like this person, that's going to work. It's like It will work if you really hone in on your strengths. And if you, there are a million and a half quizzes in the world that will tell you about yourself, take one of them and like, get, get, like, take that information and see what it reveals to yourself. Because, The more you know yourself, the easier all the things you want to do are.
0: Ah, so much truth. Okay, so there have been all sorts of little juicy nuggets of wisdom in here. So if you had one piece of advice, maybe for someone who whether if they're listening and they want to jump into the world of Pilates, either as a as a student, or maybe you've inspired them to become a teacher, or maybe you're just a coach of some sort. What do you, What's what's like one piece of advice you could give someone getting started?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, oh, this could go so many ways. I'm going to make sure I give you some good stuff. I'm also a verbal processor. So some of these in no particular order, <laughs> how about that? I'll say one, ask the people around you that have inspired you to do the thing what your first next step is. So if they could go back and do it all over again, what would they have done? Because I that's how I found the teacher training program that I was in. And then that's how I found the different people that took me on the journey that I'm on. Because I just kept asking, well, who do you take from? Well, who did you learn from? Who should I avoid? <laughs> what is those things? What are those things? Because it's so easy to get the wrong certification because no matter what the industry is, there are multiple people training people on that thing and there's probably zero regulations. So <laughs> unless it's a personal training or yoga, they actually have like a, a pretty, pretty hardcore situation going on. But the prize world, the bar world, any other life coaching world, there's not a ton that I know of, like, this is like, this is the goal. These are the rules, right? So people can just do whatever they want. So make sure you ask questions. Um, and then when you go to pick a training program, You need to ask them questions like, can I try, can I observe a a session that uh, that teacher trainer is doing? Can I meet with that person? Um, Where can I teach when this is over? If they say only their studio, you should say no. You should get a training no matter what your pro, whatever your modality is, you should be able to train that program anywhere in the world. So, mm-hmm. be really careful because if it's like their version of a thing and it's only on their equipment and that doesn't exist anywhere else, you're going to have to go through a whole new training again. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to do that. So, that's another thing. And then the next thing is make sure you're extremely clear on your boundaries. What you'll say yes to, what you'll say no to when you're working and when you're not, because you will burn out. And yes, there is, I love a hustle. I don't actually think hustle has to be a bad thing. My friend Corrine Kar- always says, a hustle is a good thing unless it becomes a hassle. So, in order for your uh, your side hustle, whatever this is, to not become a hassle, you have to have boundaries.
0: Oh, uh, yes, that's stage advice. I I had none when I was in this, that world, and I worked. I had five a.m. sessions and nine thirty p.m. sessions, and it was a wonder that I literally was so burnt out because I worked like that for six, oftentimes seven days. I would say I wasn't going to work on Sunday, but somehow by the end of the week, I was working on Sunday.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. I just. I just like told people, I'm like, you know, you don't actually have to work on a holiday. Like just because, just because your clients are available, just because it's normally a day you'd work. Like I used to go in on Thanksgiving morning and teach Mm -hmm. a couple clients, 'cause clients because like, oh, I don't have anything till lunch. No, I, you actually are allowed to have a day like anyone else where you can just like wake up when you wake up, like it's okay. And, Mm -hmm. and if you're worried about money, like I do, I do have a formula for that, but like you, I don't think that overworking yourself is the best way to get money. In fact, I've found that the less I overwork myself, the more money I make.
0: It is the truth, right? Because you're more effective, more efficient, more magnetic, all the things. when you actually are well-rested. You're a better instructor. You're a better human. All the things. So get your sleep. Tap boundaries. Do the thing. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... I know that everyone listening wants to, to get into your world. So how can they find you? What's the best way for them to say hello, experience your work?
1: Yeah, please say hello. I love to hang out on Instagram at leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y dot Logan. Um, if you are wanting to explore Pilates, maybe you're pie curious at this point, um, or you already love Pilates, onlinepilatesclasses.com is where all of my classes are. Probably a thousand free tutorials on that site at this point. Um, if you want a free class, it's onlineplasticsclasses.com/slash/free. We have an intro series, so that's where everything is. And or you can DM me on Instagram to find out where that is. And if you are enjoying the sound of my voice, and you can listen to the "Be It Till You See It" podcast um, wherever you listen to the Super Expanded podcast. Ah, uh-huh.
0: yes. All the things. So of course, that will be all in the show notes. So for ease, you can just slide right down there and click those links, get right over into Leslie's world and say hello, go experience one of her classes. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here, for sharing all things. I grateful. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This is a fun conversation.
0: It's so fun. We will catch you on the next episode. Like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.